Welcome back to the Para Podcast. I'm your host, Sandra, and I'm so excited to see you all. I am a little bit jet lagged. I just got back from a trip home to Canada, and it was a totally a wholesome trip. I also did a lot of shopping for Mia and for Lambo. So I'm super excited to be back. And today we have another awesome guest. Her name is Anastasia. I hope I'm saying that right. And she has a very unique story and a very unique relationship with her parrot, who is a son conure. I found them on Instagram and their handle is at travel sun parrot. And she has traveled to like 10 different countries with her bird. She's been all over Europe and now she in North America, traveling Canada and the United States. So we're going to chat with her and see what does it take to travel with your bird? Is it difficult to relocate? Is it difficult to go on vacation? What is the process like? What airlines did she use? What travel carrier does she recommend? And things like that. So I'm super excited to chat with Anastasia. Let's jump into it. Hi. And what is your name? So her name is Papouge, like in the Papouche. French manner. That's Papouche. so cute. Papushka. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Papushka, like in Ukrainian, that means parrot. Not exactly parrot. It's around parrot. It's like not exactly, but I had one coffee and the sun is shining. So the That's perfect awesome. weather. Well, I'm back in Poland right now. I was just visiting oh. Canada which is where I'm from. So I'm having a coffee too, because I'm super jet lagged. (laughs) I'm like sleeping all morning, staying up all night. (laughs) That's exactly like part of my family lives in Canada. And another part, like my brother lives in Poland now and the rest back in Ukraine. So (laughs) you're almost neighbors. (laughs) That's crazy. So let me start off with asking you about your parent. I'd love to know more about her. So I know you let us know her name, but for everybody who's listening, let them know the species, maybe her age and a little bit about her, what she likes, what she doesn't like. Um, so she is a sun conure, four years old. It's a girl, female bird. Um, she can, she loves to dance. Like she's then dan- she makes the dancing moves and she's uh, doing the beat like toots 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 and when she when she like hears the music she can dance and sing but whenever she's like no music at all but she's in a good mood she can just come to my shoulder and like toots come on mommy let's do it <laughs> um come on come here come here I understand that she really doesn't like when you're on video calls. And the interesting part, she literally flies around me, watching me doing something. She's so excited. She's so interested, but she never comes to my shoulder. And once I close the meeting, she will be here immediately. She was actually sitting on my shoulder for 10 minutes before I pressed the button. And once she saw you, she's like, I don't know why she's shy or she's jealous. But in person, but- she loves people. Oh, she loves people so much. It's like no privacy, like as all the conures actually yeah. she just literally leaves on my shoulder leaves in my hair she does everything with me like it's impossible to go to another room without her like sometimes yeah. it's annoying sometimes it's lovely like like regular nice and friendly conure and uh, she also makes the kissing sound and she loves like <laughs> so, so all my cute. new friends are like oh 
she's kissing me. Yes, she's kissing. <laughs> oh, she's so Oh, she's so loved. Well, she seems to be very well socialized and she's also very well traveled. So I want to know a little bit about your travels. And that's what sparked my interest in your page. I was like, we need to chat because this is so unique. And I have not seen anybody who has traveled to so many places with their son, Conyer, because it is a lot harder to travel with a bird than it is with a dog or a cat, for example. But you're going to tell us because I don't know as much as you know, you've been to a lot of different places. So tell me first, how did you get Papouche and what sparked your interest in parrots? Um, in general, I uh, I used to have badges like a small, small parrot yeah. for since I was a kid, maybe one and after another. They were sweet. My last budgie, she lived for seven, nine years and she was saying maybe 10, 10 words in a row. She was chasing me around. She was very sweet. But when she passed, um, I traveled to Maldives myself mm-hmm. and to a small island. And it was like a small round island with the huge um, outdoor cage in the middle of the island with any species of the parrot, exactly parrot that you can imagine. And I was spending there obviously all my time just feeding, playing with them, like any species. And in that place, sun, there was a sun conure and that sun conure was the most friendly, like he or she, I don't know. She was coming to me all the time, like eating from my fingers and she, that bird was so sweet. So I decided I need that, that one, just that one. And they're so bright and they're so colorful, mm-hmm. but yeah the most important for me she's like she's like a kitten she's literally like a kitten she's so friendly and she loves people yeah this bird is also like she loves everyone so yeah when i got back uh in ukraine back you can get that species but you need to pay in advance so it will be hatched it's like they're rare it's hard to get but you can Mm -hmm. still do it so i was um i would say i was waiting for like in half a year um, they finally gave me the bird. She was three months old. I was still feeding her like like the baby. So she she definitely thinks I'm her mom, and she definitely thinks she's a human. Because I was introducing <laughs> her to another bird, and she's like, "Mommy, let's go home. I didn't want to. I don't want to stay here." <laughs> and she always like she needs her human, and she loves human, but she doesn't react even the same species. Like, hey, Papush, here's your friend. Uh, 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 I don't know. <laughs> maybe really? we need to socialize more with other birds but she absolutely loved people um but not like who's that I, I i don't know how to in interact or whatever i don't know maybe she's shy yeah i've this heard that before it, it does happen i feel like it's rare but it does happen where some birds just become like human lovers and they're not interested in other birds even though they are flock animals and you'd think that they would like to have you know a flock mate that's a bird and it's just depending on the bird they're also unique and they have their own personalities and when we have them as pets they get used to us like I was away for a couple of weeks because I was in Canada and so my husband was home with Mia and our dog And when I got back, I could tell that she missed me because 
now, like every single day since I've been back, she is all day with me. Like you're talking about you and Papoosh, like everything I'm doing, she's there with me. She's going to the shower. She's coming to the kitchen. She's making coffee. She's doing everything with me. So I can really tell that she missed me. And of course I missed her too. Thank but you. you, do you take Papoosh everywhere with you? Obviously not everywhere. It's like being with kids. Always. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, obviously, I'm trying. I'm trying to. Yeah, we did. Um, I'm doing aerial gymnastics and I oh, and yoga and some stuff like that. And sometimes I take her to even the sport events. So she she re- like no leash. She just sits on me and integrates. And she she's always behind. And, and you're not worried she's a, that she's gonna fly away without a leash. Without she never flies away. Obviously, I don't. I don't walk with her with no leash outside of the. Oh, okay. But in case. In case it's a room, so I know, like, even in case she even ever flies away, she will just jump to another human, and that's it. She like when whenever we enter a new room, a new space, she like she never goes away because she doesn't know the surface, she doesn't know where mm-hmm. she can see it, and like for her to feel comfortable to fly away from my shoulder, it can take like up to a couple of days in new in new space. Mm-hmm. So she's like always she's here. very attached and- to you. Mm, yeah she knows a couple of other humans like my friends she knows them so she can mm-hmm. just so the 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 only thing she does is she jumps from one shoulder to another shoulder that's it <laughs> oh that's so cute so you've been to a bunch of different places so let everybody know all of the different places that you've been I want to know where you've been with Papoosh and I want to know how many countries you've visited together yeah I was trying to count and I think it was something around 10 so obviously ukraine and poland uh, germany france spain italy um one more switzerland that's it from europe and canada and u.s and that's it and yeah for now for now we're traveling inside the u.s Because, yeah, traveling internationally is really hard and really hard to do. But, like, I mean, explaining in Europe all the all the, all the least, we did the road trips. And yeah. Canada, every like, we did the whole road trip from Vancouver to Quebec and back. But that was a road trip. It, it's yeah, like, so by car. No yes, exactly, by car. Um, like, traveling by car. This exact this bird, like she loves it. It's so easy. It's so mm-hmm. funny, and she's like well behaved. And yeah, now we are trying to travel by car inside the U.S. And we just did our first flight inside the U.S. Like with um, some of the airlines, they allow birds in the cabin. Yeah, not they- all all of them, and it's still expensive, but it's easy to do. Just. Yeah. When you're already within the U.S., I think there's like a handful of airlines that allow birds in cabin. Like Delta, I think, is one of them. I think Spirit is another one. And then it's a lot easier. I mean, you have to pay the fee and have a reservation for your parrot, right? But within the U.S., I think it's really easy. But tell me, let's jump into the beginning of your journey in traveling. So I know you're from Ukraine and we were chatting a little bit about that. I know it was like a really difficult thing that you went through and it's up to you what you want to share with us, but let me know, like from Ukraine, 
how did you come to Poland? Did you come by car? Yeah, if let's jump even earlier, like when she was six months old, we started traveling like two years before the war. So it's not, we are traveling not only because like we were forced to travel. I always wanted to travel and I always be worried, like no way I'm traveling and living here at home. Um, That's amazing. So How was, cool. We were, yeah, but sitting back in Ukraine, like inside the US, for instance, it's such a huge amount of places you can go with the bird by car or by plane without crossing mm. the border, which is so easy. So like I can take her on the traveling. Inside US, like there are not much places I can go or crossing the border is so hard. So I was really stressed about that actually back then. But we we were starting we were doing road trips even then. Like we she's been to all, all places in Ukraine, like to our mountains, close to the sea, like traveling around for a couple of times, seeing all the places, but it's not much, but still. So, mm -hmm. I mean, we started really early. So, because uh, some people reaching out to me and saying, hey, my, 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 my bird is afraid. She doesn't know how to sit in the car or she she's dizzy or vomiting or something like feels bad or stressed. No, this bird knows how to travel. And this maybe because we started as a baby, she really loves it in the car. Mm -hmm. She just sits on my shoulder and stares in the window and she loves it so much. Sometimes Cute. I was putting like a um, big cage um, on the seat with the seat belt on. And sometimes I was driving like slowly and opening the window. So the wind is gone, but like, and she was like, I'm flying, I'm flying, I'm flying. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, yeah, so when the war started, we were forced to uh, leave Ukraine and obviously we crossed the border by car to Poland. And by car, we were like doing all the Europe trips. So all the Europe you're seeing, it's not about us traveling from US there and back. Now that was our story, like just crossing the border and didn't know what to do being like <laughs> there's no cage and no nothing we had nothing so we were just yeah traveling so that's the only thing that we could do back then I didn't know if I if people get get the U.S. visa and maybe it took a couple of months for Canada to open the program for Ukrainians to come so mm. it took maybe I don't know normally four months something around then so around four months being just staying in the hotels and in the Europe just waiting for our visa so we had no place we couldn't settle down so we had no cage so she literally lived inside my jacket but we were having like stressful yeah. extremely stressful but still like how do you say you make the most of it yeah <laughs> At least honestly you really made the most of it and I think that you're such an inspiration for that and I'm really sorry that you had to go through that I can't even imagine how difficult and how hard that was for you Thank but you. my heart goes out to you and to Papuj, and I'm really happy that you're in a good place now and you found your way and you've been exploring and seeing so many places. So kudos to you for making the most of it out of a really, really hard and difficult situation. And I did want to also ask you when you were crossing the border into Poland, because Ukraine isn't part of the EU, did you have to have any kind of paperwork or because of the circumstances, they were letting everybody through with their pets? So, yeah, 
crossing the border, you have to have like CITES export yes. permit, a CITES import permit. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, you are. Um. So yeah. So thanks God. Like even before war, um, we you were the CITES. We were fully prepared. We we had the passport. We like uh, registered. We had the chip. We had our like red 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 that was like taking care of the bird and they gave me the health papers. Uh, yeah. To be honest, like maybe before a couple of months before the war started, it was already like the situation not as well, and it half like some of the Ukrainians were thinking about, hey, maybe it's not safe anymore to stay. We didn't like we left after the war, but. I was I started preparing and doing some paperwork before so I was lucky okay. and thanks God we had all the paperwork yeah so I was yeah I started that process before but just in case because I was I I, I will not leave my bird here and like that's not gonna happen mm-hmm. so <laughs> yeah so many people were saying hey that's a bird just leave it there like I'll take care like oh my god how you can no. say that so so many people were saying that and I'm like no way yeah, I totally understand you because I feel like our birds, our pets, our dogs, like they're like our kids, like you love them. They're part of your family and there is no way that you're going to leave them behind. You will do everything that you possibly can. Yeah. yeah. So my paper paperwork, I would say her paperwork is like 10 times bigger, harder, more expensive and took like way more time yeah um yeah how long so, did it take you in total to do her paperwork so that you could export her out of ukraine and into the eu yeah so um, that's really complicated question like usually it takes one one and a half months i would say i'm okay. around that uh but we didn't finish it <laughs> and the war started. So we actually, I had like a bunch of the paperwork, but not all of them. Um, and we were crossing the border on the first days. And back then they had an, an kind of uh, information on the um, government website that like these days you can just take your pets and go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember so hearing that, about that. It was, I don't know for how long it lasts. Obviously, like, not, not maybe a couple of, maybe months. I don't know. But we were crossing, maybe it was the fourth day, third or fourth day of the war. So actually, everybody was stressed. No one knew what to do. Um, so we crossed the border. I still had, like, a bunch of the paperwork, but it's still, like, Ukrainian bird. And I, like, crossing the border, I didn't know where, where I'm going. I didn't know if I have Canada visa or U.S. visa or none of them, or I'm staying somewhere in Europe. I didn't know anything. I was yeah. just, like, I'm saving. My, my thoughts, okay, I'm saving my bird. Like, yeah. the worst-case scenario, it will be adopted somewhere in Europe, but at least it will be safe. Like, I'm not leaving bird there. So... Uh, we ended up staying in Germany. I have a very nice friends uh, in Germany that hosted us for some time. So 
Uh, and I also have friends that we are helping, so many friends we're helping. So it's impossible. So once I knew I have a Canada, I will have a Canada visa. Uh, and my, my family was going there, like my brother and my mother, we all like, had the plan to go there. Um, and I didn't know if I'm going to have a U.S. visa or not. It was still mm -hmm. under the question. So I was like, okay, we are going with you just and we'll see what's going what's gonna to happen. If no U.S., I'm going to stay in Canada. So to start the process to do so, I, I, I obviously I needed a status export permit from Germany, but I needed an address and I needed like to explain what's bird is, why we're here, what's going on. So yeah, and it was like, it was around late March, April. So the war started in February, like second month. So I obviously everyone knew what's happening. And so I was just explaining myself like, hey, we're from Ukraine. We just need like to settle down somewhere. Here's all the documents. I need the export permit from this CITES. And uh, I am, they had the, thanks God. I just had German friends that were like, speaking German and explaining like and helping and like hey here's my Ukrainian friend because not like not all of them know English even mm -hmm. in some government institutions so we were lucky and so many people were helping us so we got that um, expert permit actually I'm so and glad get... that you had so many people that were able to help you and support you during yeah. that time that that's huge like yeah you know, good people is the most important actually in my life uh, so to cross from Europe to Canada, we need export from CITES and we need import permit from um, CFIA. It's uh, food inspection uh, in Canada. But you also um, need an import CITES as well, right? No, in Canada, no. For these species, for some conures, no. Oh. I was contacting them. Inside Europe, yes. Both Ukraine and Europe, yes. In Canada, no. Oh, so uh, to go from Europe, so you were going from Germany to Canada, you only needed export CITES. And then once you had CITES. export CITES, then you needed import CFIA paperwork. And that's it? That's it. To go from the EU. So those two pieces of paperwork you needed. I'm going to ask you a bunch more questions, but we'll come back to them. But did you also need like a health certificate or some kind yes. of passport? Yes, yes. You, obviously, you need to prove who's the bird, show the passport, health certificate we did in Germany. It, it's Health certificate is like, I don't remember how many hours prior to the flight, maybe three days, something like that, mm -hmm. to the flight. I just showed, <laughs> also there was a doctor, uh, I don't remember, I think he was just speaking German, and I was just showing, bird! <laughs> and... <laughs> and Actually, what they can do, all they can do, they just scan the chip. We have the chip and we have obviously like the chip in the passport. So they just making sure this is the, that exact bird that in the passport and they giving you like a paper with a stamp and that's it. That was easy. Uh, you just need to know where to go in case you're not local. Like I was like, we, are, we were doing that in Frankfurt. We were staying in Hamburg in my friend's place, but we were flying from Frankfurt because I didn't want to do any changes. I needed to direct flight mm -hmm. for my bird to go. Like for the first time on the flight, I was so nervous. So I was like, I didn't know this city. I don't know this town. It's my first time. I don't speak German, but should I go to get that paperwork? So I was like, yeah. just 
the Frankfurt airport, by the way, is massive. I, that's where I was connecting and I missed my connection. And so I was stuck in this airport for almost the whole day and it is a massive, it was like so hard for me to navigate. I was like, where do I go? I was running around like a lunatic. So good for you for yeah. navigating through that airport. <laughs> so to actually back then, I, um, I hired a pet shipping company because I was stressed and I didn't know what to do. Now, probably, if I ever need to do it again, I would do it myself, but it's still so hard. The, the thing is, like, non, no one knows what to do with the bird. No know. one knows the rules. No one knows I the know. requirements. And even, like, asking the authority, like, hey, there's a bird. I'm like, uh? Yeah. <laughs> and maybe some of them knows, like, some pieces, and they sometimes they even don't come together. Like, yeah. I know we had actually this problem too. Um, I'll tell you really quickly because we used to live in Thailand and we had a sun conure named Mango. And so I also had hired a pet agent and they also missed pieces of the paperwork. And so when it came to the day of departure, they had gone for the the vet at the airport for the health check. And they said, oh, well, this is missing. So the bird can't leave the country. And I lost my mind. And uh, I cried nonstop. My husband didn't know what to do at the airport. I was just like, I had to stop crying so I could breathe and check in with our dog. But yeah, it was a very, it's very difficult because People don't know. And it's even more difficult when there is a language barrier. You probably already know that CITES paperwork is only valid for six months and then it expires. And it was just this whole thing. So our best friends who live in Thailand, they adopted him. And now we keep in touch over video. But it was very hard for me. And for like a year, I cried a lot. Sorry. Um, yeah, so it's really hard to navigate this process sometimes, and it's really hard to get separated from your pet. So I appreciate that you did everything that you could, because I know how hard that would be if you did have to get separated from your bird, because they are our family. Yeah, they're like, she's really my daughter. Like, I'm I'm so sorry about I know it's okay now it still makes me emotional because I still you know I raised him he's my first feather baby and when we got Mia we wanted Mia to have a friend and for Mango to have a friend so we thought he'll finish his quarantine and then she'll be you know full bill of health and we thought they'll be together but it just didn't align and the universe said this isn't happening. And so I had to come to a point where I had to accept it and make sure that he's just happy and healthy and in a good home. And we did that and we really did everything we could. But I get a lot of messages about traveling with your parrot as well. So that's why I wanted to invite you onto the podcast because I'm like, you're going to know better because you've been through the process. <clears throat> Same here. Now I'm saying, oh, we just crossed the border back then. 
I was crying every single day. Oh my gosh, it was so hard. Like I, I had a couple of panic attacks because I really didn't know what to do, where to go. And on top of all that, we were like not at home. <laughs> yeah, it's um, such a traumatic experience. And that's why like my heart goes out to you. And I love that you're sharing this with us. And I love that you're in a really good place and you figured everything out because I understand the stress, the trauma, the panic attacks. It is so overwhelming and so stressful, especially when you're in that situation. And it's just like, you don't know what to do. You don't know where to turn. And like the information is all over the place and you go on the internet and this says one thing that says another thing. And you're like, what do I do? Or actually nothing like after like instill some of the, some people knowing me through some parrot groups still reaching me out and saying, Hey, help. Like we're sitting right here. We need to, <laughs> to do something. And mostly, yeah, I'm sending them link, but mostly I'm providing emotional support, you know, yeah. <laughs> people are in such a stress and panic. And yeah. So, so where were we? We were yeah. in Germany. Yeah. So you were in Frankfurt. So and let's Frank go back to, sorry, Mia, let's go back to this process. So you needed export CITES from Germany. You needed import CFIA into Canada. You needed a microchip, a certificate of health from the vet at the airport, which is like certified and approved to do the health yes. check and a pet exactly. passport. And a customs declaration. To be honest, that pet shipping company just sent me a sample, and I and they gave me the address. Uh, and I remember me coming to customs and saying, "Hey, I have a parrot," and they were like, "What? A parrot? We don't know what to do with a parrot." I'm like, "Okay, it's okay. I have a sample. Just fill it in." I'm like, "We've never seen a parrot in here." I'm like, mm -hmm. <laughs> "Yes, I know, but I'm taking the bird." Um, so yeah, that was just a simple paper. We were I'm saying what species and where is flying and where is that. I wanted to ask about the microchip. So did your bird does a bird require to be microchipped in order to travel to Canada so, or within the within Europe? You have two options or microchip or this uh, how do you call the it? band. The band, the yeah, the band. So it has to have like yeah. a number, or microchip has a number. Both, both works. But okay. you have to prove that this bird is exactly the bird that you have on the paperwork because the number of our uh, microchip inside our passport. Yeah. So, like, okay. And did when your bird got microchipped, does it hurt? And where do they no. put the microchip? Under the wing. It doesn't hurt at all. It's so small. Like she was um, like, eh, and and that's it. Obviously, oh, no, great. No problem. Yeah, I was also worried, and she said it's okay. It's just <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> <laughs> no okay. worries. No, no healing. No problem. No, it's it's so small. It's just a number inside. So okay, perfect. So you get to Frankfurt. You have this customs paperwork. You have all your other stuff. Your bird is microchipped, and they're like, we don't know what to do. What's next? Uh. So I was just, thank God I had the pet shipping company. So they were helping me. Even that they were like, Cites misspelled my name or address. I don't remember. I, I was uh, driving to Bonn and back trying to get that. The customs were in the call with the pet shipping explaining between themselves, to be honest. But the hardest part actually was CFIA, <laughs> believe me or not. So to get the import permit, 
and they require 45 days of the quarantine. If you have someone in Canada, so you need to provide them an address prior. So uh, the inspector should go to that place that you provide. It's, it should be like a, a big space enough with uh, all closing the doors and windows so the bird will not escape. Because the cage should be there already yeah. when the inspector comes. Yeah, yeah but I, I've never been to Canada. I have no friends, zero people knowing there. I just need a space and the, and the cage and the inspector going there and I have like one day for that all uh, but yeah thank god it worked out so they approved they gave us that uh, import permit so in one single day we we're just flying there um, the um, sad part on that she had to fly in, in uh, cargo so flying in cabin Mm, it's it's way harder to do internationally mm-hmm. and through all the people I know trying to do that I know that only um, uh, Turkish Airlines one of my friends was also small species bird uh, I think that that was a I don't remember like small species bird they took the Turkish Airlines but, but only after like maybe a week of discussion and fighting with the customer support, they allowed that. I was just, okay, we just need to go. <laughs> so yeah. the pet shipping company, um, that's another thing that they did. They built like, they are building the car, uh, cargo box for each pet. So she was asking the size, the weight, the the the, the longer of the tail, mm-hmm. like the the yeah. radius of the perch. It should be smaller, bigger, and everything. So it has to have water and food inside mm-hmm. and lock and all stuff. I was worried a lot, but the bird was totally fine. She was happy to see me. She was dancing. She was smiling. <laughs> and after that, maybe for a week, she had that extremely funny. Sorry jet lag she was just trying to sleep and then confusing like mom then maybe I should sleep no I don't want to sleep thinking in the night <laughs> and doing like all the moves like maybe I should sleep no 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 okay <laughs> are we having fun now yeah <laughs> actually that's so, so interesting because I never thought about the jet lag because between Canada and Europe depending where to where it's six seven or even eight nine hours difference. And that's quite the difference. I'm going through that right now. (laughs) Um, So how did you help your bird get through the jet lag and get back into a routine of like, we're here now, now it's daylight, now it's night? No, thanks God you were going through it together. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. We just were sleeping a bit at day time and just, mm-hmm. hey, hey, come on, come on. In the night, we were trying to sleep, trying, trying, pushing ourselves to sleep. But yeah. I don't know. Nothing, I, I did nothing special. I was just hugging her and just feeding her. No. Yeah. Just over just... time. Like, it takes time to adjust back into it. Obviously, yeah. she sees when the sun is up. So she's yeah. trying. She's trying to do that on time, but just yeah maybe up to a week like like humans so they're same as us right but oh it's flying like literally all over my head <laughs> in circles she's like who are you talking to who is that woman in the computer 
Whoa, no, it's tell just, her there's a cute little bird here too. Mia's just sleeping in my shoulder, in my yeah, hair. Remember, she doesn't care of the birds. I can say, hey, there's a nice lady. Oh yeah, <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> so one thing when I was looking into traveling and using pet agents or like companies that help you with relocation or travel with your parrots is that they usually only help you if you're flying in cargo. But when you're do when you're flying in cabin, they tell you you need to do the paperwork yourself. So it's a little bit more difficult when you have to do everything yourself because there is not a lot of information online. So this stuff is really good to know. But I would like to note for all of our listeners that every country has different quarantine requirements, paperwork requirements, and so on and so forth. So you really have to do your research, reach out to different pet agents or companies that do this. And ipata.org is a really good website to use. Is that the same website you use to find your pet agent? To be honest, I was doing that all myself, just Google calling. I was even doing the cold calls, like <laughs> all the organizations I can find, especially in uh, going to US later. Yeah, I just didn't know who to call, wh- where to go. I didn't know anything. To be honest, I didn't know about that website. Oh, okay. and I was just, I was just going there myself, just calling people, asking. Like I was, I was writing maybe ten emails a day to all the institutions, to all yeah. the emails I could find, calling the the numbers I can like any related. But they were helping between, for instance, in Canada, right? I contacted CIDES because I I thought I needed an import permit, and thanks God they responded, explained that for this species for some reason they don't need it. But you have to contact CFIA. This is how mm-hmm. I knew I need to contact CFIA. So that's what I did. Yeah. And so on. And then, yeah, some like the healthcare uh, certificate and the customs that was due to our bad shipping company. And like the CITES, I knew that I need the CITES. So I got it. Yeah. Um, and on the other hand, on the Canada, um, yeah, there were also, so the inspector comes to the airport. So he needs to know that you're flying and he meets the bird in person and he just checks the bird. So it has to be scheduled with them. Um, and he also was saying that we need um, customs paperwork. So I was going back and forth. But in Canada, customs office closed at 4 or 5 p.m. And we were late for that. So I had to like run back and forth and asking for people. And I spent maybe an hour for that. But did the inspector meet you at the airport in Canada? He was there, but because I'm Ukrainian and I had to go through all the um, registering and taking paperwork for Ukrainians, I stuck there for five hours. So (laughs) he left, obviously, but he was there. He checked the paper, he checked the bird and he stopped by my current in place later a couple of days later and he just gave me the paperwork he was nice and sweet but eventually I have to meet them so mm-hmm. he doesn't need to drive and I had to pay for Canadian cargo so pet shipping company paid for the cargo in Germany but arriving there to get my bird I also needed to pay them um yeah, that was it actually and 45 days so in the middle of the quarantine inspector comes he collects the poop and he takes it for an expertise um, 
for avian flu. Mm-hmm. And actually, in case you're free from the avian flu, they even release us a couple of days earlier because we're like, we're good. Yeah. Um, maybe like five days earlier. They, so they also issued some release of the quarantine and saying you're good there's like a um a poop yeah <laughs> expertise <laughs> um yeah actually one more thing avian flu so to get the cfia import permit you have to prove that you were not in the zone of the avian flu spread so and it's changing all the time. So it can be consistent. They have on the website of CFIA, they have like a map and the list of the countries and even of the like we were staying in Hamburg that was safe, uh, but even in Germany there were like red spots and they changing yeah. all the time. You just need to be aware of that. Mm-hmm. So, so you they have to were keep updating yourself you have to keep updating and your address of flying especially address where you're flying from shouldn't be in that like red list and how long do you need to be in an area that doesn't have the avian flu according to their mouth question (laughs) that's a good question like no one usually travels with the bird usually just relocate and even to apply for that i i believe in for societies and uh, cfia you have to i don't remember for how long you have to stay with the bird in the same space when you were choosing like where to go why did you choose canada to be honest i always wanted to relocate to canada from since i was a teen and a kid and i always said not us no 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 and here we go you know never say no (laughs) (laughs) yeah never say never you learned that (laughs) I once wanted to go to Canada and really loved it we stayed there for four months with Papush and I have a family there and I'm happy about it and I'm going to be visiting them like all the time so I really love that country that's the first that that's like one of them Uh, second they opened the program for Ukrainians and the third and the most important all my family were going there and I was just with them. So yeah. I kind of, mostly I was with Papush on the first, because all my family, like they were flying different time because I'm saying I have no idea how long this paperwork will take. So you just yeah. go and- <laughs> I'll and see you there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that's exactly how it happened because, but my brother, he was flying to Vancouver and me and my mom and my sister, we were flying to Alberta. Mm. but we did that road trip from uh, from calgary to vancouver from to my brothers and back maybe three times or something like that wow uh, in case you're um same here like i didn't i didn't need the sidious import or export permit crossing from canada to u.s but u.s has this um fish and wildlife um uh, yes, I know. Fish and Wildlife Fish Association and or something like that. So Fish and Wildlife Services. So they uh, they actually the main institutions that like um, regulate the entering and ex- um, exporting the wildlife. And only in, if you're inside the US, you can apply for a bad traveling passport, <laughs> multiple crossing the border, which I'm about actually to do. And then like crossing the border to Canada by car, like 
multiple no times no problem no problem but i still need to contact cfia and stuff but <laughs> so to go from canada to the u.s or the u.s to canada you just need uh the paperwork from the fish and wildlife association and cfia no <laughs> i wish i wish so from canada side it's just cfia thanks god like side okay. is where i was to asking side is if she, yeah to go okay. to the state to go to the state is fish and wildlife import permits and inspection so um, inspector so they have um, a list of designated ports so you can just cross whatever you want they have a list of the places you can actually go and uh, inspector should you have to schedule an appointment 72 hours prior your entering and the inspector comes to the place, meets you, sees the birds, and does like a huge amount of papers, stamping and stuff, and gives you all the verifies everything, and then you're like free to go. Fish and wildlife—that's one who's um, uh, given that permit. And the second one you need from the U.S. to enter is one sec. I have USDA. It's Agricultural mm. Department. Yeah, that one actually regulates the healthcare, and they may require the quarantine. That's the most hard part because in the U.S. It's you cannot go days, to quarantine. I think right. And it, uh, mm, mm, in a quarantine honest, facility because U.S. they also have the a map on the list of the like avian flu spread. And you cannot stop. I'm, I will not stop. I just need to go home, please. <laughs> it's been so long, but we were driving all the way from from canada crossing the border and driving all the way to california so that took us well, a couple of days <laughs> wow um, okay so let's yeah. let's jump back to the quarantine part because this is a really interesting one and as i mentioned before every country has different requirements for quarantine for paperwork and things like that in inside us as long as i know it's new york or miami no even facility in california so i need to carry my bird there really oh my and god then how should i bring it back it's that's yeah. crazy and the thing that like also is really stressful about a quarantine facility is like you don't know can you see your bird every day can you visit how are they taking care of them how are as they as long as i know them? you can and who's looking after you them, you know, like, I feel like it's stressful for the bird too, because, you know, like I'm very specific with my bird. I'm very specific with her diet. I'm very specific with, you know, her day-to-day -day activities, her enrichment, her happiness, and, you know, putting them in a quarantine facility is really stressful. I feel like for the bird, but also for the owner, and you don't know what they're doing or how they're being cared for. For me, I'm like, just put me in there with her. I'll stay in the quarantine facility. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, and Canada, it also has like that map of the spread, which is changing all the time. And we were in the green zone and we yeah. just finished the quarantine. And actually, uh, that's agricultural department. I was so with fish and wildlife, you can just go online and you can uh, apply for that stuff. But in that um, agricultural, like I needed a U.S. address mail line to apply and to just create an account, which I didn't have. Like I'm, I've never been to U.S. I have no address yet. So I was just emailing them, and they were like sending me some forms in the email 
and I was sending them back and it's like $150 fee for that application. And so I, um, and I didn't know till then if they're like releasing me or not. So they issue in that import permit from their side and it's saying like, it requires quarantine or doesn't require quarantine. And they were the last institution I was getting the permit from. So yeah, so cross the border to from Canada to US, you need CFIA export permit, health certificate. Again, each, uh, CFIA provides some, um, their inspectors that you need to go to. Um, you need to schedule an appointment with Fish and Wildlife and get the uh, import permit for, from Fish and Wildlife. And you need import permit from uh, USDA, agricultural department in the US. Uh, yeah, and some customs, customs, they just, you can usually can just come and say, hey, this is the parrot, I'm taking the parrot. Maybe they make you to pay the fee, it depends on the country, it's not much, so they just check in the bird. Yeah, uh, yeah, and we were crossing the border by land, so uh, we couldn't, so between Canada and uh, US, maybe there's a couple of uh, ports where you can mm. go, so we were yeah, yeah. driving driving like this not straight we're doing like yeah. a whole circle and same with the airports they have also a list in case you're flying also the list of the airports you can land not all of them just need to check that out before buying the tickets or whatever yeah um, and so let me ask you this because I'm sure that people are also wondering did you find it to be expensive or affordable traveling with a parrot when it comes to doing all the paperwork the carrier the flight the reservation and all these types of things what is your personal experience and opinion when it comes to the cost of this mm. No, in general, it's expensive. <laughs> Traveling is expensive. Yeah. Traveling with the pet, it's expensive. Traveling with the exotic pet, it's <laughs> expensive. You to... Thank you. Like, <laughs> yeah, I found like... the same thing. I'm like, oh my god, this is so expensive. <laughs> this is crazy expensive. And I, I'm saying now, I need a private plane because I'm not going through all that stuff again. I'm not paying like all the stuff I'm paying to the airline to take my bird. <laughs> I, I already can afford like a private, not, not obviously, but it's yeah. my favorite job. Like, I know <laughs> a private plane would make it so much easier. And actually, exactly. if someone can afford to fly private, I do have some good information. There is an airline, but they only fly from New Jersey in the United States and into New Jersey. They're called K9 Jets. I want to make sure I have that right. So I'm going to jump on Instagram really quickly, but I've messaged them before and I asked them, would you allow birds? Because here they are canine jets okay. and okay. they are a pet friendly paper seat, private jet charter, and they fly with dogs. And so you can see here, like there's dogs and I'll share some photos and they're just on the seat, like with everybody, with their owners. And I've messaged them before and said, would you take birds? Because I get this question from people all of the time about traveling with their parrots, because with dogs and cats, everybody does it. And there's a lot of information with parrots, exotic pets. 
it's very rare and there's not a lot of information. So I messaged them and they said, as long as you have all the paperwork, then yes, we will take birds. So if you can afford it, you can go with that option. When I looked, I believe it was about $10,000 per seat. <laughs> so it's it's expensive, but we know that flying private is expensive, right? And I think that hiring a private plane or a private jet to yourself, I don't even know what that costs, but if you wanted to fly private, I think it's 10,000 US dollars. But yeah. <laughs> that's a we're going to have to start a, a GoFundMe. <laughs> that's a goal, you know. No, actually, but flying inside US, with, uh, we were flying with Spirit. That was my first uh, ever experience inside. And obviously, on their website, they're saying dogs, cats, and domestic birds. What exactly are you considering as domestic bird? Is it a chicken or what? Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, actually, because it's. <laughs> we, and. They were actually mentioning that big parrots are not allowed, something like that. I was not sure. So I always contact the um, customer support before booking whatever and anything. And I'm saying, hey, I have a sun corner species. This is the photo. This is the bird. This is the size. Is Can this bird go through that? And yeah, they were saying, yes, 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 yes. I said, okay, yes. But um, do I need any paperwork for that? And the answer was, uh, please bring all required paperwork. I'm like, which required paperwork? Uh, what is the required just, paperwork? <laughs> what is the required? What are you talking about exactly? Can I have any list or any? They were just sending me the links on the um, Spirit uh, Airline website mm. with the pet policy. Policies. It was so like general and yeah. and not. It was like maybe ten points bullet points but none of them actually were related to us yeah it's not a dog we are not flying to hawaii like and, yeah and, and so sometimes when up... you're talking with these agents they themselves aren't really sure because parrots aren't like something that people commonly fly with that's a biggest problem because no one knows anything so at the end we don't need any paperwork spirit at least I just show up with the bird and I said, hey, there's the bird. And they said, okay, go. <laughs> and it was one to five dollars one way. So it's like, but $125 yeah. is not too bad. Yeah. In cargo is way more yeah. expensive, obviously. Yeah. But in case you can sneak into the cabin, that's not yeah. bad, actually. So I wanted to show you the cage that we're, we're using for the airplane. So, so this is I when just, you this is the carrier that you used for flying in cabin within the US. It's a soft carrier. Wow, that looks great. Where did you buy yeah. this? Amazon. It's just an Amazon and there are like plenty of stuff that you can find. And it's really uh, it's light. light. Yeah. It's super light and it has a perch and my bird loves a perch. It's actually the second one because she destroyed the first one like oh no <laughs> love it so much the perch was like in the pieces <laughs> oh my gosh it, it, this is how birds for <laughs> yeah so it, it's and not expensive though how much was the carrier so, around 50 bucks i would say yeah maybe that's not like, bad. even less even less even less yeah like that. So and i also wanted to ask 
about what was I going to ask? The different types of airlines in the U.S. that allow birds. Did you look into other options? Do you remember what they were? I know Spirit I is one. I think Delta is another. Maybe um, United. Frontier for sure. Yes. And Alaska, as long as I know. Yes. And United. That's a good question because I'm going to be flying with United and I will contact their support because there's, uh, if I remember correctly, they're not saying anything about the species. So some of the airlines saying just pass. Uh, depending on the size, some of them. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, and do the airlines, like for example, Spirit, so that you can get the appropriate carrier that they approve to have in cabin on their airline? Did they give you like the measurements, or was it on the yeah, website? Of course, yeah. Of course, they they have the like size, which for this bird is never a problem because yeah. it's usually like even for, like the, it's same for dogs. So yeah. obviously even for a small if small dog can be there so and yeah. i know that when dogs are in cabin they're in a soft carrier that has to fit under your seat so of course a exactly. small parrot in a soft carrier will fit under your seat but did you have to have food and water in there for her or there was nothing about that there was nothing about that uh that was a 40 minutes flight so yeah domestic uh, flights are pretty short so i think that you probably don't need to worry about that but with international flights you have to have it my my sister was just flying from germany to canada with the cat and actually the requirement was do not feed your cat five hours prior I'm like what <laughs> so it's not gonna poop or what? Like, why? Yeah, maybe not poop or maybe they get sick and might vomit or something maybe so or opposite, like, yeah, maybe they eat. get like sick and they don't want them to get nauseous or something. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is every airline also has their own rules. So when you find the airline you're flying with, depending if it's domestic or international, you have to look up what their rules are. And the best thing to do is to contact them, call them, chat with them in the message box, look at their pet policy online, because it can be different. <laughs> like the pet policy online might be different than when you call them and talk to them, which is confusing as well. Never do anything before talking to customer support and making the screenshots on their answers. Because later another person can tell you as totally opposite. And at least you have some like here. I, I'm here not because I was just wondering. I, I, I got an answer from your customer support. What should I do? Yeah. But, yeah. Same is like, I also wanted to mention, like when we travel in, uh, it's always a question, hotels or staying somewhere. So my answer to that is Airbnb. And actually I work on my profile. I have like a bunch of the reviews that this bird is super well-trained. It's super sweet and nice. And you can always like rely on it, but I never mm -hmm. book anything uh, before so, so I firstly sent a, like a nice message. Even pets are allowed. I'm saying, hey, I have a bird and she's really sweet and nice. Is it okay? And you can like see my reviews. She's really soft. Like, and I would say half of the situations, even people not allowing pets, they like, if you talk to them, if you like being nice and explaining the situation in person, that always works. Yeah. 
just going and booking. Yeah. And saying, hey, I think Airbnb good. is great. And I've done the same thing. Like when we've, you know, done road trips or traveled with our pets, I always look for an Airbnb that's pet friendly. And before booking, I always message the host and I say, Hey, I see you're pet friendly. We have a dog, we have a bird. They're well-trained. Sometimes I'll even send them a picture and, you know, people in general are nice and they want to accommodate you, especially, you know, with their homes, they're on Airbnb for that reason. So, and if you find a place where, you know, it doesn't say pet friendly, like you said, I think it's a good idea to at least message and reach out and try and explain the situation and let them know about your pet. And you'd be surprised because there are a lot of people out there who do want to help and help you with, you know, traveling or with your specific situations and so on. But I wanted I wanted to go back to the airlines because we were chatting about that. I remember when I've called and talked with airlines before, they did say that it is like specific types of planes, but it's also interesting that it's on specific flights. So that's also why it's important to talk with customer service or customer support first before you book your flight and make sure that they will accept them in cargo or in cabin, depending on the airline. And then uh, from the information that I've had and done previously, you book the flight and then you immediately call them to make a reservation for your pet. And then you pay for the reservation at the airport. Exactly. So yeah, my pet shipping company is saying, do not book your flight before we've done this everything for the parrot and only then go and book like a regular human one. But it was booked separately maybe because of the cargo it wasn't like the same ticket okay um and then that also brings me to cargo versus cabin so with mango he was going to be flying in cargo i was really stressed about this because you see videos online of what cargo can look like and i'm sure every airline and every flight is different um but that was something that was stressing me out and i talked to a few avian vets and a few pet agents And they all told me that small birds don't always do very well in cargo and it can be very stressful and anxious for them. Now, I know Papush did a great job and she was really happy. So tell me a little bit about Papush's experience in cargo. Like, do you know if she was quiet or if she was loud? Like, what was her behavior like before? Did her behavior change after or was she totally okay, happy, healthy? Everything was fine. Yeah, I actually sent you a couple of photos of the cargo itself. That was the moment where we were like, hope at shipping company in the morning where she was like playing with everyone. She was so sweet. She doesn't want to interact with me. I'm so jealous. Uh, um, she was happy going there and she was happy when I met her. To be honest, no one provided me any additional information and I had okay. a lot of stress around my own situation. So yeah. The scene I know. Were, no. Were you I just stressed that... out to put her in cargo? Oh yes, me. Yeah, I was very stressed. She was like, we were putting her, gave her the her favorite treat, and she was like, quack, 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 quack. so happy, kissing everyone, just uh, like I don't know, interact with everyone, dancing, and that's it. They just, to- um, I I would say they took her away. Maybe no, even more. Maybe five hours before the flight. Maybe more, even more. And I got here after the flight. Maybe six, seven hours. So it, 
it was like a, a long lot time a long time that's why she has I have obviously food and water yeah. inside but she was super happy dancing and kissing again when I met her I didn't notice any difference any stress on her except for the jet lag but she was kissing oh, and dancing so good that's I was really good to guy. hear yeah because I was stressed yes obviously and if I like I, maybe one day we'll have to go through it again so maybe but I hope not like still stress for everyone flying but maybe this exactly bird she really got used to traveling so she's really doing good she's even she behaves way better when we're traveling she loves it so the problem is when she's bored at home but when she's traveling she's so like well behaved really bad she's in her element so she's a travel birdie (laughs) exactly like she really loves that no (laughs) she enjoys the weather and the sun and the people and she hates being left alone, like all the birds, obviously, at home. Mm-hmm. And I, I definitely can say from her behavior, she always prefers to go with me than sit yeah. there. So, oh, that's so She has sweet. no stress. That's what I mean. Like, she just sits there and she's... <laughs> yeah. She's a happy, very well socialized and trained bird. You did such a great job. You're such a great yeah. bird mom. Oh, thank <laughs> you so much. From Germany to Calgary. It was mm-hmm. just a direct flight. I knew yeah. like it's stress for the bird. And the most stressful is landing and uh, taking yeah, off. Yeah, take right? off Not and actually. landing. Okay. So, so my idea was if we need to go, it should be one single one. But I have a yeah. friend that he was flying from, I believe, Poland to Vancouver. If I maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. So he did the Turkish airline. Uh, and they did the cabin they they accepted the bird but he said that was like hell to just talk to them and to convince them and to prove something because it was not just hey can I take the bird yes uh, I think that international flight it's so different from the um, like flying between domestically because, yeah domestically because it's like a lot, bunch of the border control but if it's Turkish airline, obviously it's changed in Istanbul. So he did yeah. maybe two two flights, which I don't know which, what is better for her. I cannot ask my bird, but I assume that taking off and landing is the worst than sitting. Yeah, because, because the pressure changes, right? Like we feel it. Our ears pop. Feel it. I always have exactly. to have like a candy and I'm like, and then I'm yawning so that my ears pop. So they probably, you know, feel something too when it comes to the pressure when we're taking off and then when we're landing. So yeah, finding an airline that will accept birds in cabin internationally is quite difficult. It's a lot easier with dogs and cats. And I really hope that as we have these conversations and talk about it and put it out, you know, on social media as well, maybe more airlines are going to start to realize like pets, whether it's a dog or a cat or a bird, they all are family members for these people. And maybe we need to start accepting birds in cabin as well. I mean, I think that it's important that your bird, of course, is trained and you have tactics to keep them quiet because we know that birds can get really loud and we don't want to be that person where your bird is screaming. But again, kids are also screaming and crying on airplanes too, and they can be just as loud. (laughs) So I believe my son, Conor, can be way louder than anything else. (laughs) Well, yes, that's true because sun conures are the loudest of the conures and they can reach 120 decibels. 
So they're much louder than green cheeks, but as long as you have like tactics to keep your bird quiet, or, you know, if they start to scream to get them to calm down, like if Mia sees me or I start talking to her or singing to her or whispering to her, she just quiets down immediately. To be honest, traveling, she might scream one scream in a week. She doesn't scream at all because when she, when she sits at home and she's bored, oh, that's the worst. Yeah. But traveling, she's quite, she's yeah. just excited. She's like, she doesn't know anything. She's just, she's just watch. She loves yeah. looking They're outside. They're the like, what's yeah. Interesting. What's that? Who's that? Oh, what do I see? <laughs> yeah. And obviously she's always with me traveling, obviously. And when she's yeah. with me, she's fine. Like, no worries, bird. <laughs> <laughs> and and she all she also that has that pot train and stuff. So she poops by command, and I say poop, and she poops. So even that is not a problem. So oh wow, cute! She's like literally flying here. <laughs> She's like I'm Come interested on. in that lady, but I'm scared of the computer. <laughs> Why is yeah, she on the screen? Papush. She will be immediately back on me, like in a second. Come on. <laughs> And what was the process like when you were going through security? Did you have to take your bird out of the carrier for them to put the carrier through? No. So they require me to be in their office, maybe 10 hours before the flight, something like that. They check everything. They do do the paperwork. They put the bird in the carrier, uh, in the cargo box. Yeah. And they took it away. That's it. So I haven't seen the bird and only after landing and uh, landing and going through all my security paperwork. I was driving in Canada to Cargo City of Air Canada and getting the bird out from there. Oh my gosh. I can't even imagine the stress. I would have such separation anxiety because I do have separation anxiety when it comes to Mia. Oh my gosh, but that's it, crazy. it ended up well. It's okay. We had yeah. to go through that. that. That's what's our best to come here. So no worries. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, okay. I, I was stressed, obviously, of everything. So yeah. And also our our pets, they can like feel and feed off of our emotions. So when we're stressed, they might, or feel anxious, they might feel that as well. So we always want to kind of remember and coach ourselves to kind of like be positive. Everything will work out and try to like calm down also for our pet's sake. But Papush is a brave, well-traveled little girl. <laughs> yes, she is a how long did the CITES paperwork take and like the whole process of getting everything? I would say CITES one month, over a month because they do mail. Uh, mail goes, it's like time for uh, yeah uh, processing stuff. Like in case you're planning to go somewhere, I would start two months before <laughs> at least. Yeah, uh, it can it can go faster, but no one can prove that or and then before we wrap things up um I just wanted to ask you do you have any last recommendations for anybody who is planning to travel like what are your top tips or recommendations for somebody I just wish that more people start traveling with the birds not in the flights though because that's a stress but we love road trips and like 
I wish more people consider taking the birds with them, traveling, because I hope that for everybody, but for us, for my bird, it's simple, it's funny, because you were mentioned that it's more hard to travel in these birds than these dogs. On the flight, yes. On the road trip, no, because mm -hmm. she's small. She, she has her space. She loves all that, and she's with me. So, I don't know, just start from somewhere and don't be afraid of that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think it also provides your bird with like so much enrichment and they get to socialize more and they get to see more and just become less scared and more enriched in their lives. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> more happy. I don't know. I feel like my bird is happy whenever she feels the sun and she's on the ocean and she interacts with some stuff I don't let her play actually on the wildlife like on the trees yeah because after going through all the CFIA stuff they were like mm, wildlife poop and all this stuff so she's staying on me or staying on the subject that I know yeah uh, you need to be really but... careful because you don't want her to get sick yes exactly Something that's parasites that's... bacteria so yeah. I never let her play on the benches or on the trees or like on the ground she's on me but she can still feel the vibe <laughs> yeah that's a really good tip and where is her favorite spots I know she really loves hanging out by waterfalls but what are I know you've seen you've taken her to forests and other different places what are her favorites she loves the waterfalls because uh, the water like the small drops of the water goes on her and she starts she's taking a bath she thinks that and she opens the wings and she she cleans her feathers and she enjoys it so much. Um, I would sometimes she's afraid of the loud water, like huge waves. Not afraid, but some more stress. So like the smaller ones is sweet. She definitely loves the forest, all the birds winking and the um what else i feel like she loves being in the car in general because she sees like the every stuff is she, she 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 actually loves the window even at home she's always like sitting and watching and when it's changing that's interesting um i don't know yeah and one other problem that sometimes you have is like inside us especially the eagles whenever she yeah. sees a big bird and she just screams and hides yeah Ooh, that's but you always have her on a harness, which I think is important. And it's also important to make sure that you're looking up what predators are in the area to keep your birds safe. Yeah, that's why we're using the leash. Outside, yeah. we always use the leash. It's not about her. She never tries to escape or leave me. Or, but she might be frightened of something like car horn, dog bark, eagle on the top, some noise. And yeah. she's like, so yeah, that's the curious thing. My last question, what is your most memorable travel experience with Papush? Oh, that's a good question. I think Niagara Falls. Because that's, that's a huge one. I enjoyed that one. She was so happy because it was such a good weather. It was August. So it was not hot, not cold, perfect, sunny. And the water was obviously oh, <laughs> spraying, misting, misting, spraying, misting her. And she was so beautiful, so fluffy and so happy. Uh, yeah. So maybe that one. 
we loved Canada. We loved mountains like Lake Louise, and I always wanted to go there. Oh yeah, and my favorite is uh, Lake Moraine. Lake Moraine was the best. Um, she loved that all. In Canada, in the mountains, it can be cold sometimes, but I don't know. Some, even if like it's it's not snowing or what is summertime still. Yeah. But so she sits in my jacket and then she's so curious. I'm saying, Papouche, it's cold. She's like, no, 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 I want to have fun. So she gets out, she's like, duh, 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 duh. <laughs> and then she realizes it's cold. She jumps back. But in five minutes, she's again like, no, I'm not going to sit here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would worry about the temperature. I'm always like so specific about when Mia is outdoors, like we put her outside in a cage so she can get sunlight. But usually in the summertime, because in the wintertime, I feel like it's too cold for her yeah Mm, yeah I'm trying to be like a mom that always says hey you have to do that but sometimes like I'm trying to trust her because she has an option this is where she can hide and she sits there half of the time and sometimes she feels like going out for something like okay yeah and And when it came to harness training her so that you could have her outside and go to all these different places with you and like experience everything, these mountains and nature and lakes, um, was it a difficult or long process to get her harness trained? Yeah. Thanks God we started six months old. So she was a baby uh, because she hated it, obviously. Yeah. But now she's fine. Now she's absolutely okay. I can't say if she loves it still. Yeah. But she's fine because she really understands that we're going out. It's not like a torture or something. So she's like, okay. (laughs) I've heard that harness training is a long process and it's like the highest level of like parrot training you can do with your parrot because it's not something that's natural or comfortable to them. So it is something to consider if you want to travel with your bird. I want to get me a harness trained. So I think for Christmas, I'm going to get her an aviator harness. But yeah, I know I'm... I'm anticipating that it's going to be a long process and, you know, I want her to be really comfortable with it before I start putting the harness on and taking her out. But, mm-hmm. okay, let's wrap things up for today. Oh, just one last piece. Yeah. About yeah. the harness. So the yeah. av- you know, this one, but we also have a diaper, which is easier to put on. I would consider like, this is like faster. It just wings and one click. So it's not all the stuff and wrapping out. Yeah. Which is like, I feel like it's better stuff to start from. Okay. Um, that's it. Like, because harness is like a lot of stuff and you have to put it in there and then yeah, <laughs> adjust yeah. and she waits for all the stuff because it's not always goes the best way. But that yeah. one is easier. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's awesome. Wow. Anna, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for sharing all of this valuable information. And I think that this information is going to help so many people because I know a lot of people are interested in traveling with their birds and the information's just not there. And you've done it firsthand. So hearing it from you was just colossal. <laughs> I really hope that it will help someone because I, yeah, that was hard that was how to go through that first um so yeah so let everybody know how they can find you on instagram how they can follow you and papush and all your adventures and your beautiful beautiful pictures oh of course so we have an instagram page called 
travel.sunparrot. Okay, this is the one. Yeah, at travel.sun.parrot. Travel.sun.parrot, exactly. That's us. And this is a San Conyo traveling zone. For now, I'm just posting actually the pictures of her and videos of our travels mixing up with some nature. <laughs> yeah, the pictures are beautiful. Pizza. Every time I see your pictures, I'm like, oh my God, your bird is so it's beautiful sure. and so yes. is the scenery. <laughs> She's so bright and she always looks so good. And any scenery actually with her on top is like... Yeah, she so just cute. looks perfect. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the Pear Podcast. I'm your host, Sandra from Poodles and Parrots. Oh, and one more thing. This podcast is presented solely for educational and entertainment purposes. I'm not a licensed avian vet, behaviorist, or professional expert in parrots. The information provided is not intended as a substitute for professional advice from a qualified avian vet, trainer, pet agent, or behaviorist. Consult with a specialist for personalized guidance on your specific situation.